Let us pray. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. Genesis 46.30 Dear Lord, I thank you that, as I stay connected to you, like Joseph, the transformation of my life will be so drastic that others won't recognize me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you care about relationships and that you long to bring healing and understanding to broken relationships. Therefore, I thank you in advance for mending the wounded relationships in my life and for giving me the maturity to operate in divine forgiveness. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, like Jacob, and remind me that I can make the journey to my promise and that time is not against me, but on my side. I choose to change my perspective and realize that nothing happens to me, but because I'm in alignment with you, Lord, everything happens for me. For I know that what Satan meant for evil, God, you, will turn it for my good. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Joseph reunited with his family. Before this story, we learned how Joseph tested his brothers to see if their hearts had truly changed. He tricked them into thinking Benjamin had stolen a silver cup. When Joseph threatened to take Benjamin away, the brothers wept and offered themselves up instead. This showed Joseph that their hearts had truly been softened over the years, and Joseph was ready to reveal his true identity to his brothers. Now, we will learn about how Joseph is reunited with his whole family, inspired by the book of Genesis. Hello, I'm Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our previous time together, we learned how Joseph's brothers traveled to Egypt, not knowing their long-lost brother Joseph was alive and well. And now, he is the second in command in all of Egypt. We discovered that Joseph's brothers had indeed become different men. We don't know how, but somehow they are changed. And when Joseph saw them falling before him and begging him to release their youngest brother, Benjamin, it was too much for Joseph to bear. And so today we're going to learn how Joseph responded in that significant moment and how his response to his brothers testified powerfully to God's sovereignty, God's perfect plan and grace. Listen for Joseph's words as he explains how God worked through his life to save the lives of many. His response and the offer he makes to his brothers will set them on a course that will dramatically change the history of the world and the history of God's people. Let's listen now to today's story of revelation, reconciliation, and reunion. Joseph watched as his brothers bowed before him, begging that he spare the life of their youngest brother. The hard hearts they once had were softened by time and grief. He saw in his brothers a love and humility he had never seen in them before. Joseph's throat tensed, and he held back tears and turned towards his servants and guards in the room. 
Everyone, leave me, he shouted. So everybody left, all but his brothers. Joseph stood in front of his brothers, then began to weep greatly. His cries could be heard from the palace gates and echoed through the halls of Pharaoh's household. Joseph, tears streaming from his face, said, I am Joseph. He walked closer to his brothers, watching their amazed faces. Is my father still alive? He asked, still weeping. His brothers could not answer him. They were dismayed and completely caught off guard. Please, come closer to me, he asked again. So they came near, watching him with pensive stares. Joseph could tell they needed more explanation. For the last time they saw him, he was being shipped off into slavery. Now he stood before them a governor of the most powerful nation on earth. I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Please, do not hate yourselves for what you have done to me. God sent me here to preserve the lives of thousands of people, Joseph said. He explained to them how God had used him to save the lives of the land and all those who dwell outside of it. So it was not you who sent me here, but God, Joseph said. Joseph found himself ranting, yet could not help himself. There was so much he wanted to share, and so much lost time he had with them. Finally, he gave them an invitation, one that would change the course of human history. God has made me lord over all of Egypt. Come down to me and dwell in this land with me. Bring your families, flocks, and herds, and I will provide for you. Joseph offered this so that his family might be saved from the coming years of famine. Joseph then fell on Benjamin's neck and kissed him. He kissed all his brothers and embraced them. Slowly, all eleven of them began to speak to him, still dismayed over what had just transpired. Word came to Pharaoh, and he was pleased with the news and offered his family the best land Egypt had to offer. Joseph then sent them on their way with wagons to fetch their father and families. The brothers arrived back to their father and told him all that had transpired. Israel, who had lived in a daze of grief and mourning ever since Joseph's departure, found himself revived. I must see him before I die, Israel exclaimed. They departed as soon as they could, and Israel, with all his family, servants, and livestock, ventured towards Egypt. As Israel was traveling, he heard a familiar voice, Jacob. Jacob! God spoke gently. Here I am, he replied, adoring the sweet comfort of hearing the Lord's voice. I am the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, he said. For Israel was old, and the journey was tumultuous for someone his age. For there is where I will make you a great nation. I will go down with you. So Israel and his people made a sacrifice to God, and traveled to the land Goshen on the outskirts of Egypt. Israel sent Judah out to fetch Joseph, and Joseph immediately took his chariot to pursue them. Joseph rode harder than he ever had before. Tears fell off his face and blew into the wind as he rode towards the countryside. A small dot could be spotted in the distance, and Joseph saw the face of his father as he drew closer and closer. He came to them, dismounted, and ran towards his father and fell on his neck. 
the two embraced for a long while before speaking, weeping tears that had been held in for years. At last, Israel could die a happy man. After reuniting with his father, Joseph spoke to Pharaoh about setting his family up on Goshen. He instructed them that they mention how skilled of herders they are instead of shepherds, for Egyptians loathed shepherds. Joseph's family settled in the land of Goshen and thrived under the care of Pharaoh. The rest of Egypt, however, suffered from the famine, but Joseph's governance and wisdom guided them into flourishing. The Egyptians and Hebrews loved Joseph, and all considered him to be their greatest treasure. The time had finally come for Jacob to depart from this world and be with his Lord. His eyes dimmed as his father's once did. Jacob touched his hip, still sore from years ago when he wrestled with God. He had lived a long and prosperous life, and had seen his sons grow to be fathers and lords of their own households. He asked to be buried in his homeland, Canaan, beside Leah. Jacob blessed Joseph's sons as well as Pharaoh. The Egyptian sun set, turning the surrounding dunes a bright orange. Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, father of nations, breathed his last at a ripe old age. His sons mourned and journeyed back to Canaan once more to bury their father. Joseph, for as long as he lived, protected his brothers and their families. The Hebrew people thrived and prospered, and the years of famine came to a cease. They multiplied and lived under the blessing and provision of God. Yet their journey was far from over, and their hardship had not even begun. This is a very dramatic story as it opens with Joseph's holding back his tears. He is overcome with emotion as he witnesses the selfless actions of his brothers, the brothers who so long ago hated and despised him. He is finally ready to reveal his true identity to these men. And when he does, they, of course, are terrified. This young boy, who they so callously threw into a pit and left him for dead, then sold him for profit, now had their own lives in this very powerful man's hands. But Joseph rushes to reassure them that there is no need for terror, guilt, or shame. Joseph, now 30 years of age, shows his maturity, and he wants his brothers to know that they do not need to beat themselves up over their past sins. When they first came to Egypt, he overheard them speaking of their guilt for his blood, and so he knows that they are filled with regret. When we have the opportunity to confront someone who may have sinned against us, especially if they've been changed and are now remorseful and repentant, do we offer mercy and comfort, or do we relish the shame and lay on more guilt and more guilt and more shame? Joseph could have easily done the latter, but he chose the former and gave us a great model to follow. It's a beautiful picture of what Christ would one day do for all of us. When Jesus on the cross even prayed for his enemies, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Rather than blaming his brothers, he believes in God and thanks God for what God has done and professes it by saying, what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. Joseph wasn't saying God caused his brothers to do evil. That's not God's nature. But God in his sovereignty, God in his goodness and kindness, 
worked through Joseph's circumstances and brought him exactly where he needed to be and preserved his life. Joseph doesn't simply extend forgiveness and tell them to go on their way and be well. He knows God's purpose is much greater, and he he invites them to bring their families, their flocks, and herds to Egypt to fully rescue them from the famine that is still devastating the world. When his brothers return to Canaan and give Jacob the good news, he is overcome with joy. He knows he must go to his son. On the way, God speaks to him and reaffirms the promise to make him a great nation and then to tell him that Egypt is the next stop on his journey with the Lord. When Joseph and Jacob finally meet, tears of joy stream down their faces. What seemed impossible so long ago, now God has made reality. The Hebrews grow in number and prosperity alongside the Egyptians. There's no fear or ill will, and Jacob departs this earth a happy man, asking only to be buried in his homeland of Canaan. As they bury their father, the brothers are once again fearful of what Joseph will do if he was only biding his time until their old father was gone. But Joseph once again reassures them what they meant for evil, God used for good. Here Joseph's story ends. It ends in peace and prosperity, in blessing and favor. But when we return to Egypt, we'll find a much different reality for the descendants of Joseph. Let's pray together. Dear God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, thanking us that even in the most impossible situations, you bring about your purpose and your plan for our lives, that we can trust you because we know that you're a good God, that you do good, that you are good, and you're working all things together for your perfect will in our lives and for your glory alone. And in your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know. By sharing this podcast, you can make a difference in their lives. And if you want more resources as to how to discover God's perfect plan and power for your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.